Blog Talk Radio. Okay, I was hoping my music would start, but good morning, everybody. Welcome in to Loretta McNary Live. So excited to be here. It's been a moment since I've done an actual live show with an amazing guest. And let me tell you, the guest that we have today, I don't know how you're going to take her energy and then my energy. That's, like, going to be overkill, but I know you guys can handle it, especially since it's the holiday season, so everybody's cheerful and giddy and, you know, looking forward to an amazing new year. So I'm sure you can take all of this excitement and inspiration. And when I say this lady's personality is huge, you know, it is. And she, it, like her, the name, and it's so apropos because the name of her consulting firm is Ball of Fire. And you will find out why it is such the best name ever. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time introducing you to her because I want her to tell you about it. I want things to be revealed in our conversation. You know how I like to roll. So, everybody, please, from wherever you are all around the world, give her a big round of applause. I can hear you now applauding. Yay! Woohoo! <laughs> for Bernadette, boys. Hi, Bernadette. How are you? I'm good, Loretta. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on your program. Of course, and we have to tell everybody how we met because I think that's a story that will be one for the history books when, you know, our our true big visions start manifesting in this big world. They'll say, oh, Loretta said they met on actually Twitter, right? We met on yep. Twitter talking we about on- Shark Tank. <laughs> yes, yes. We were both kind of tweeting away during the Shark Tank conversation and, uh, yeah, and and I think you you were bringing up a couple questions regarding you know wanting to go and pitch them you know someday, and I had done that. Yeah. So yeah, I was responding back to you, and here we are. I know you you were encouraging me, and it was just so fun. Like she doesn't even know me, but you just immediately because you know you and I have to tell people we'll have to do another show just on the value because I know you get this too the value of using social media to promote your businesses and to inspire people. It has to be about ninety percent inspiration and information, yeah. and about ten percent of what you really want to market your company. And so, right. Bernadette, I have been watching you ever since last Friday, and I see yeah. you. Really know how to use social media to your advantage, girl. And you are helping people too. Not it's not just you. Like, oh, this is me. This is what I'm. This is me. I'm so awesome and incredible, and I have this. And I, you know, it's about education, information, inspiration. So tell me about because I watched your videos and I heard your amazing story and how honest. Wow, how honest are you and transparent? <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm finally at a point, and, you know, I, I have no problem saying I'm 52, but I'm finally at a point in my life that I just, I mean, there's no reason to kind of, you know, hide myself and kind of bury things. I mean, my life is is what it is. I can't apologize for it. I don't have any regrets for it. It just is what it is. So, yes, I tend to be very in-your-face, honest and transparent and naked, as I say, um, in regards to kind of who I am and where I've been and where I'm going. So. See, that's so amazing because um, you, like me, have, like, tons of corporate America experience. You were actually yeah. working for some Fortune 500 companies to help improve their profitability, revenue, and productivity throughout general business management, business assessment, and all that business guru corporate America stuff. <laughs> and then to hear you Say, okay, I want you to tell them because I, 
it's just so I'm fascinated by that story and how how you can really you know be that transparent. <laughs> right. I mean, it, for anybody who's worked in corporate, I absolutely loved corporate. I was actually I felt like I was born to be in corporate, and it served me very well in in my view and my perception and what other people would view as you know being very successful, making very nice salary, having very nice career and nice positions and nice titles and nice offices and nice travel and all the all the good things in life. And I truly believe that that was my kind of my path, although I did sense that, no, I was meant for different things. I won't say bigger things, um, but different things. And um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, so the story goes where, you know, I did spend 25 years in corporate America. I was an executive in, in, you know, various management positions probably since I was in my 20s. And I happened to get to a point um, back in around the 2005-2006 time period where I was just even more miserable and more, like, unsure of w- what it is that I was supposed to be doing than ever in my career. And yet I was at my peak of, not my peak in, in regards to I won't go any higher, but more so I was at such a great place as far as a salary, position, title, power, you name it. And yet I found myself in um, 2008 standing in the parking lot of my corporate headquarters here in Atlanta with a pink slip in my hand. Mm. And where so many people would kind of like be crying and spooing and, and kind of, you know, retreating, I was the most excited person in the world <laughs> that, I was, that I was standing there with a big slip in my hand, you know, unsure where, you know, I was going to be going, but very sure that I needed to leave that life behind. I didn't know why, Loretta. I, I actually, at that point in time, didn't know why I was so confident about leaving corporate behind me. But at the same time, I was so excited about kind of learning why I was, but also where I was going. Um, wow. So this is nothing about, this is nothing about um, anti-corporate. This is not, you know, writing shit in the corporate pitch. Basically that came about because I spent the next probably good year really trying to dig deep as to figuring out why was I so happy on that day that I was leaving this, great job, great position, great company, great salary, everything behind me, and actually risking all of it by going out on my own and um, starting a consulting and coaching business because that is my core competency. Is I've been coaching since I was um, – my first corporate job was a junior mentor coach in my early 20s, and I've been consulting since my mid-20s. So that was a natural. That, so that was kind of, okay, I'm going to go do that. Um but then I had a kind of a breakdown, breakthrough of realizing that the reason why I was so happy uh, losing all of that is because I was such a bitch doing it. And um, I really was that ultimate corporate tyrant, bully, mean boss, whatever you want to call her, um, that was me. And I basically had to take responsibility and accountability and ownership of that. Um, and that is how Shedding the Corporate Bist came about because I said to myself, oh, my God, how do I make up for 25 years of really wreaking havoc on 
anybody and everybody that came through my path. And I didn't care whether it was an employee, a boss, <laughs> uh, uh, customers. I never treated customers and vendors poorly, but I was hard oh. on them, and I was and I was very, you know, kind of stubborn and just pig-headed with them. But I wouldn't treat them like I would treat other people, especially myself, because that's what I realized is I wasn't just wreaking havoc on other people. I was actually wreaking havoc on myself. And, okay, uh, I want to ask you this. I want to slow it down just yep. to ask you this, because you share so many nuggets that I want to address, because I know people that are listening can probably – hopefully not only identify with having that kind of boss, but also identify that they are that kind of boss and or employee and or customer. So at the time, Bernadette, that you know or that you recognize or identify with that person, that you know that you were doing this, that you know you were being, you know, the B word. Yeah. And did it matter? Yes. Well, yes and no. So, um, your your listeners may be surprised to hear this, but when I was in my early 20s, that was purposely, consciously decided that that's who I was going to be. So let me back up and explain why. <laughs> it didn't have anything to do with the fact that I didn't think I could do it on my own. I didn't think I was smart enough. I didn't think I was ambitious enough or skilled enough. That had nothing to do with it. It just is all the examples around me, in my uh, environment, in my society, in the companies that I worked for, because I had been working since my first real, like, uh, company job was 14. I lied about my age. That's a long story. But, and so I, had been in retail, so I had been in retail since I was 14. And um, so all the examples of leaders that I had at the time, not male or not just females, actually it was more males, was that you had to be this, very hurt, aggressive, ambitious, selfish, you know, um, all about you type of individual. And so I made the decision in my early 20s that I wanted all the things that I saw successful people have. I'm one of 12 children, so I grew up, you know, middle class. We certainly didn't starve, but we certainly didn't have all all the prosperity and all the riches that everyone else did. And I wanted that, and I knew I could get that, and yet I also knew that if I looked and smelt like all the other, you know, managers around me, all the leaders around me, then if I looked like them and smelt like them and acted like them, then I could be them. And so, um, but then I kind of, you know, just like you, when anytime you put a mask on, um, you, you know, at some point in time, even if it's for a Halloween party, you forget you have that mask on. So I kind of forgot mm-hmm. I had that mask on over the years that followed. And I learned, Loretta, this is, gonna, this is what shocked most people. I learned that I loved the, the reaction, the response that I got from being such a person. I loved intimidating people. I loved people mm-hmm. being in fear of me. I loved the response I got because it seemed to get the reaction I needed or the the result that I needed, um, and that is for people to follow me, people to obey me. Not Notice I'm not using leadership traits and qualities. Right, I'm right. Using, I'm using bullying, you know, traits and qualities. And so I just was very skewed about what a real leader was, um, and therefore I just, I went down this path, and I stayed there until it absolutely started wreaking havoc on me, um, and then I decided I needed a change. 
Wow. Was it what was your breaking moment though? Was there a moment when you said, you know what, I I can get this or was it a learning moment or a teaching moment where you decided that I can get this same power and the same um feeling of having people listen to me and influence people on a positive foot like a leadership servant leadership kind of quality versus power tripping or whatever you want to call it, was there a breaking point or an aha moment where you decided, let me use my power for good kind of thing? Because I'm not hearing that now. I hear that you recognize what you were doing and you're doing it differently or trying to help other people, you know, do it differently too. So was there a breaking moment for you to get to that point? Well, there was a kind of a series of things. First off, by the time I was standing in that parking lot with a big slip in my hand, I was already breaking down. I was already kind of, you know, missing, um, I'll say missing my 12-year-old self. You know, I kind of Mm -hmm. was recognizing that I lost myself somewhere along the way, and and though I didn't know how to get there or I didn't know why it was, I just knew something was not right. And then I started having, like, various situations where um, I was quite, um, uh, what would you call it, Um, I was quite uh, involved and engaged at work, so I was working like a dog. And I had one or two, like, fake heart attack type of situations. Um, so that kind of was wake- causing me to wake up a little bit. And then, like I said, that day in the parking lot when I realized that, you know, I was not going to go back to corporate, I was not going to go back to who I was, um, I was running. I was actually out jogging with my dog at a park about a year later, and I – kind of had this, I was thinking through the the business I was just starting and the type of person I wanted to be, and I wasn't really, um, I wasn't really settled with the, the brand and the business, um, the business model that I, you know, what I chose for myself when I first went out on my own, and I'm thinking mm-hmm. through this, I'm thinking through this, I'm thinking through this, and all of a sudden I went, oh my God, it was because I, I was just living um, uh, the identity of someone else, and it was a nasty person. And I don't, I'm not that type of person. My family, my brothers and sisters used to call me their three F sisters, Foxy, Flaky, and Far Out. And I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't this person that I had been for 25 years. I truly was that sassy, Foxy, Flaky, you know, 12 year old. And I just said to myself, I need to find that person because that person loves to serve, loves to give, loves to. Um, educate, loves to inspire, what happened to that little girl? And it was in the middle of this, like, run out in a park down the street, and I just collapsed to the ground with my dog kind of wondering, what the heck is going on? And I just said, oh, my God, what, you know, I can't believe I just kind of let myself go so far to the to the right, so to speak. Um, and that's why I wrote the book. It, my book is written as an apology I didn't expect it to do anything other than write it, um, mm-hmm. self-publish it, and print 100 copies, send it to a bunch of people, and apologize for my for my behavior and my actions over those you know decades. But yet it's turned into so much more because so many people could relate to it. Wow, I know. And again, I'm just fascinated that you you realize that and how you are using your story because a lot of women feel like they have to be that way in corporate America in order to get the respect and right. get people to move. And so it makes 
sense when you think of it like that, if you have this glass ceiling that you're trying to break through. But again, I, I'm curious to know the percentage of women who make it through the glass ceiling or at the tip of it without, still with the kindness kind of soft um, ruling, because you still have to, you know, get your point across and you still have to influence people and get people to do the work that they were, right. you know, employed to do. But how do you, because right. some people respond better. Like you said, you can look at the people who responded to you that way. Yeah. Well, and to answer your original question, which I didn't answer, is I kind of recognized very quickly no one would ever call me soft. So I recognized, too, that um, women certainly don't need to be a witch in order to, to, to lead, in order to grow, in order to, you know, get wherever they want to get into in life. But they also have, you know, then people also misidentify what that then means. It doesn't mean that you have to be soft and a wallflower and sweet and, like, you would never see me wearing chiffon. You know, there's a certain, <laughs> you know, there's a certain, there's certain things, and that's another story in itself about um, a, a fashion consultant that met up with me. But there's just certain attributes of a woman that's not necessarily has to be, you know, this soft, sweet, soft-spoken person. I mean, I'm very bold. I'm very um, assertive. I'm very gregarious. But at the same time, to answer your question is, I learned that if I served others, then I will be served. And, mm-hmm. and I've always been very faith-based, and I've always been a churchgoer, but I really started paying attention to the fact that instead of beating someone down or demanding or being curt to someone, you know, you definitely do get more with honey than you do with vinegar. It's proven time and time and time again. So I started seeing that as soon as I let go of all this garbage and this junk and these masks I was wearing, and the term, you know, just to clarify, the term bitches in my book and in my life and in the work that I do is not that negative curse word. What they stand for is those are the insecurities, doubts, negativities, um, angst that people feel about themselves that cause them to lash out on other people. So, you know, so I'm also trying to change the use and the, and the definition of that term because if you think about it, the only reason someone judges or, um, or talks about or backstabs anybody, it's because they have their own fear, insecurity, doubt, negativity about themselves. That's the only yeah. reason. Because when you're pure in in spirit and in serving and in you know confidence and security within yourself, you don't want that negativity. You don't want that drama. You don't want that junk. And so what I learned was the more I served other people, and the more I treated them with respect, and I treated myself, and I really loved myself, the more power and the more influence and the better leader that I was. And I'm more successful now than I've ever been. And I'm not talking money and power and position. I'm talking, you know, in the work that I do and in the results that I get and in the people that are in my life now, including clients, vendors, friends, foe, lovers, I am more successful today than I was when I had a very nice salary with a very nice office, and I didn't have nearly I didn't have nearly the 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 stress that I do have sometimes 
when it comes <laughs> to having your own business. And you know that what that's like. So, yeah, I was going to ask it, you about that. Was there ever a point where you had a regret of, you know, not pursuing corporate America as, you know, as a staff or staying out on your own as an entrepreneur? Because people ask me that question all like, and like, Loretta, do you ever wish you were still in corporate America? And I'm like, you know, before my seventh year, I would say like every other day. Right, right, <laughs> but I knew I wouldn't right. go back. But I like, you know, I enjoy knowing that on Friday I was going to have a paycheck and I was going to have a big paycheck um, versus, you know, when I was first in my infancy of this show, my TV show, and my nonprofit of, okay, when is this client going to send the money that they said was already in the mail two or three weeks ago? But I would right. not give it up. But I did say, you know, oh, my goodness, I've thought about it. I have, I, I have to be honest and say, yes, I have thought about it many times. But would right. I have ever given up? No. No, I wouldn't have. But I, I sure thought about it. Sure did. Yeah. <laughs> I've, never, I've never thought about it. I've never wow. thought about it. And I've and I've been wiped out, you know. I was I you know I wiped out everything, and I I was quite comfortable, um, and everything's been you know kind of um, everything's gone, and now I'm rebuilding again. But no, I never thought twice about it because I felt well. First off, I don't have time to. I don't have. I I don't allow myself to. I don't have any regrets, and I'm serious about that. Mm-hmm. There is nothing mm-hmm. in my life. I don't care how other people might judge it. There's nothing in my life that I regret because it's made me who I am today. Absolutely. And, and I just don't spend time anymore. I used to be one of those people that I thought, well, if I looked at the world in a very pessimistic way, then I'll be prepared for when all hell breaks loose. But what I learned about that is then you're just living very, you know, full of angst and negativity all the time. Um, so I don't choose to think, I mean, not that I don't have my bad days and I don't have my, you know, pity parties, and I don't have my days that I feel stuck. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I don't allow myself to <clears throat> beat myself up or to um, focus on what could be. I just have to make it what I want it to be, and that's what I kind of focus on. And, uh, yeah, so I don't and, – and quite honestly, Loretta, you could probably relate to this. I, when I wrote my book, being that it's called Shaking the Corporate Bitch, People thought to me, well, aren't you speaking and traveling the world, coaching and consulting with corporations? And I wrote the book. I started writing in 2010. It was published in 2012. And I did not start even targeting um, corporate until last year. And the only reason why I did is because I then was writing the screenplay to the book because I'm turning the book into a movie. So I only then said, you know what, it might be smart for me to get this message out into corporate and start helping. And and I was starting to get a lot of corporate women to come to me and and some corporations come to me and ask me for for help and support in their leadership or organization development areas. So I, I even chose that I could have been making very nice money, you know, as soon as I went out on my own doing corporate consulting and speaking and training, but it wasn't. It wasn't where I wanted to go because I was afraid that, you know, like anybody's addictions, I was afraid that I'd go back being that person that I was. So I mm-hmm. just said, you know what, not all money is good money, so I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing with small business owners and individuals. And um, and now I have a mix of them, which is, is wonderful. So, um, yeah. yeah. 
That is a great place to be. (laughs) It's a great place to be. And, you know, like I said, I do have those moments, and I haven't had them recently, but I have had those moments where, because there's not a a whole lot of women to talk to, because my goal is, is super huge. And I won't settle for anything less than what my goal is, and that is international and national syndication of my TV show, my radio show. So everything that I do, I'm gearing up for that. So do I have any regrets? No. Are there some things that I can say if I had done a little differently? But that's that's when wisdom comes. Of course, you're going to have more wisdom, and you could have done something differently. But I believe that everything that has happened to me and the way it's happened and the decisions I've made, like you said, and I agree with you, has made me who I am right now in this moment that will help me become you know, and fulfill those goals. So, of course, right. i got to ask you this, because my friend is texting me, Loretta, ask her about Chartane, because I have another ah. friend who actually it was her vision. This is her first vision of going, you know, she's preparing for Shark Tank. So she was telling me about it. She's like, Loretta, you should do it too. And then she has all these ideas about using because, you know what, I'm really good on Facebook. I'm really good. I mean, if I could combine my pages, I'd probably have like 30,000 followers or plus. But I don't, and I just started doing Twitter, started tweeting really seriously and intentionally. So I noticed that you use social media to your advantage. So I want to talk about that. Well, you know what? We only have like four minutes. Are you serious, Clark? Is this Clark serious? Okay, first of all, I need to promise that you'll come back on my show <laughs> in the near future. <laughs> And tell your friend just to reach. Tell your friend that you and she can reach out to me on Shark Tank. All I'm going to say to that about the, you know, because you only have four minutes, is just do it. Be prepared, though. Be prepared, but just do it. Don't wait until everything's perfect. You know, get your ducks in a row and just, you know, go to an audition that's local near you and just do it. And just do it, yeah. And see, that's how I am. But she's been studying. She's like in boot camp. She calls it her Shark Tank boot camp. So, and I'm like you, just do it. I I know who I am. I know my product because I am the product, and I know what I've done and been able to accomplish. So we'll come back and talk more about, because not only for Shark Tank, but just in your goals in general, you know, you got to – just do it. Don't procrastinate. Don't talk yourself out of it. Don't wait on the stars to align. And that's what I get a lot of people. When I'm consulting, that's the biggest thing. And I get so tired of them being in the same moment at the same time, three years later, two years later, two weeks later. You haven't right. moved. You're still waiting on it to be a perfect time. Let me tell you this. There is no perfect time until you do it. So Right, right. But I will throw out, just be make sure you're prepared and you have all your ducks in a row because that. That's an opportunity you just don't want to uh, take lightly. Um, You want to be, you know, because as you can tell on that show, uh, if you get that far, you know, you can still get ripped apart by those guys if you don't have, you know, all your ducks in a row. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it can end badly. You know. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Oh, definitely. You know, I will definitely, you know, I'm researching, like I told you when we were tweeting, I'm definitely doing the research on good shows, bad shows, and different shows, people who get, you know, the deal and people who don't and what they did differently. And I'm doing that, but that has really helped me to see that there are so many tools out there to promote your business in a positive way that 
can help yeah. catapult you into your destiny in a big way. And I think right. you do that really, really well. And that's why I'm like, okay, you got to come back on because you've done TV shows. You have your own radio show. You've written a book. You're going into screenplay to make it a movie. And everybody can do that. You don't have to be an Oprah Winfrey or just an Ellen or Steven Spielberg or no. Tyler Perry or Weinstein and all those people. You can do it too, but you got to work hard and be focused, right? Yeah, well, they were where you are or where I am at one point in their life. So it's not like it happened overnight. There's no such thing as overnight success. Oh, that is so true. That is so true. I like how you said that they were ones right where we are, right here in this this same moment in time when they had to decide, am I going to quit, am I going to slow down, or am I going to speed up? And am, and it's good to use some of those um, B qualities, especially when you are – you know, pursuing your purpose, you have to be progressive. You have to be persistent to those qualities that people don't like to talk about in a hardcore way, but you just can't soft pedal your way into, you know, huge success. Right. I mean, in terms of planning. Now, you don't want to dog people out because you don't want to burn bridges, but you do want to be very focused and intentional. Right. But you don't 